0: friends, and welcome to the very latest edition of the Selby is Godcast, brought to you by The Athletic Cleveland. I'm TJ Zuppi, and he is Zach Meisel. And Zach, we have finally found a place that is going to be completely quiet, bothered by nobody here at the ballpark. We have been assured that the door is locked and nobody is coming in. How long do you think that guarantee lasts?
1: <laughs> Good question. I, I mean, this it looks like this room has not been touched in... 30 years. All
0: right, so to set the scene, we are in one of the the back rooms at Progressive Field back behind the the press box where they keep all the media guides. How many media how many different media guides are in here right now? It looks like there's at least like 10 to 15 of every team, right? I would like to go on an adventure behind you in that uh, in that shelving unit. I see 2011 Baltimore Orioles. I see 2013 Seattle Mariners. Uh, there's a 2015 Mets guide behind you. There's some really fun stuff in here. Although the one thing that was brought to me a couple of years ago and gifted to me was a 2004 Indians media guide. And that, was, that was pretty high up it on it. Who was on the cover? Uh, it might have been like Matt Jody Garrett and Matt Lawton and Ben Broussard. It was a collector's item. Something
1: to keep forever. Cherished. Uh, Alright, keep talking, because I'm under the weather, so I don't have a voice. Well, you mean you went after it pretty hard at the
0: listener, or the uh, the subscriber party. We had so many people there buying you drinks after listening to the podcast, so you got pretty, pretty messed up, man. So I can understand why the, the sinuses and the sickness have taken over.
1: Well, I've been taking NyQuil and other things all week, and so I asked the bartender there, I said... Alright, like uh, Bud Shaw, the uh, long-time, renowned columnist uh, of Cleveland, was peer-pressuring me into getting a drink. So I asked the bartender, I said, Alright, if I'm sick and I've been taking meds, what's <laughs> one beer that I can survive if I drink? And she said, Well, you should go for something light. And then I noticed on the very end of the uh, the taps they had up there, was Great Lakes Chill Wave Double IPA, which is one of my favorite beers, and I said, I, I, can't, I can't not go with that, <laughs> because it's also, the season is up, so it's you can't really find them anywhere until next May, I think, so I had one of those, and I'm not saying that I was, like, hammered and I mean, you would think by some of my answers and some of the well, stuff I was Well, that's what I was
0: saying. going to say. We talked about it today, and there were a couple things you wish you could have had a do-over on. You might, you might have crossed the line a little bit at the subscriber I point.
1: did have one reader reiterate to me in an email the quote about prospects that you made me share. <laughs> well, <laughs> prospects I mean, it, are just players who haven't done shit yet. Unproven players who haven't done shit. Get it right. It's your quote. And that kind of segues into what we want to talk You're gonna about. you going to go on your headstone. Yes. Uh... The Indians have to decide if they think prospects are just unproven players who haven't done shit because they're going to have to trade some if they want to make upgrades to their roster here before the deadline, which is a little bit more than five weeks away.
0: Yeah, we're going to have Zoopy Baby Part 2, and then we're going to have the trade deadline. Which is going to have the greater impact on my
1: life? I I would... Is this rhetorical? (laughs) I would hope it's the first thing. I would hope so, too. Uh,
0: But, I mean, you could have a lot of activity coming up at the trade deadline. Um, And I'll be up many long nights at that point anyways. So, you know, if we have to do some late-night writing, it's okay. And I think uh, most of our subscribers would be very enthused if it's a very active trade deadline. But to do that, you're going to have to give up prospects uh, and probably some meaningful ones. Especially if they do what, you know, we've been asked about seemingly 100 times in our Q&As. If you fix the bullpen, or if you go out and try to fix the bullpen, to me, going out and getting somebody that you control for multiple years is the way to go. I mean, it, not to say that a rental can't help the bullpen, and they might. Once they get to August, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up another one of those uh, rental arms, like they did Joe Smith. I mean, you could see that. But if you know that Miller and Allen is a good chance that both of those guys are going to be gone to be able to make a proactive move now that not only helps you this year where you know you have a need, but also is going to help you in 2019 and beyond, acquiring somebody like they did with Andrew Miller that you're going to... It's not just going to be about one year. It's going to be about the the subsequent years that follow. That makes way too much sense. But to do that, you're probably going to have to give up. If we're talking Brad Hand, for instance, with with San Diego or a couple of the the Reds... uh, really good relievers, Iglesias is of course at the, the top of the list there. You're you're probably going to have to talk about giving up Francisco Mejia, or maybe Shane Bieber, or maybe Tristan McKenzie. Are you comfortable, would you be comfortable in the front office's position giving up one of those guys and getting back somebody that you're going to control for multiple years?
1: No. The, so this differs from two years ago. Andrew Miller was already established as a top three reliever in baseball. And I don't think that sort of reliever exists on the open market this year. Um, so I think Brad Hand is obviously, he, he's good. He's the most reliable. I mean, let's, don't he's, shortchange him. Mean, he's really good. He is really good. He's not Miller, though. He's not. And Iglesias doesn't have the track record to make me comfortable. And, and there, there aren't really, there's not a lot out there. I, there's no deal that I would give up what I gave up to get Miller there's I, I, there's no deal no person out there that I would do that same sort of trade and I I, I worry about trading Mejia because you might lose Brantley he's a free agent Chisholm Hall is probably gone okay uh, I, I I worry and Encarnacion has one more year left I'd be surprised if they end up exercising that fourth year option just given his age and, and everything so the the lineup is kind of fragile as it is like it's really top heavy right now if Chisholm keeps hitting, if Naquin keeps hitting great, if Kipnis turns around great then you have some, some lineup depth but you know you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a position where you have two hitters you could trust and that's it and it's not like there's a bunch of hitters at AAA and AA waiting to come make an impact, there isn't that's the problem here is they don't have enough depth really anywhere to, I mean, it's the same goes for starting pitching too. You no, know, sure, and so, so I think it's tough. Like I, I think they need to add to the bullpen. I'd certainly be comfortable trading. I, I, look, outside of Mejia and McKenzie, you can trade anyone, in my opinion, and I don't have a problem with it. I've been told the Indians will not be players for Machado unless the Orioles basically come to them and say, "Hey, we'll do it for." You know, Yu Chang, and, like, that's it. And, like, I don't... I would think the Orioles can get better offers than that. The Indians aren't going to deal McKenzie or Mejia for two months of Machado. Um, nor I, nor should they. Nor should they. But, but I think... The issue here is, like... I, I think you can reevaluate this, and I agree with you. They need to address the bullpen beyond just this year. But, like, I don't know that there's a way... Like, you could still... You could acquire a rental reliever or two now and then address that in the offseason via trade. Like, there's no deadline for 2019 and beyond. You don't have to necessarily address that by July 31st. I know that's their ideal maneuver, but I do think that they shouldn't overreact to that. Instead, they should just focus on getting the best and maybe preserving some of that minor league depth that they're going to need next year anyway. I mean, I think that's fair. I do find it interesting that I think
0: we Ron- are <clears throat> opposite ends of the spectrum here, given your <laughs> what you typically think about prospects and the way that your hardball dynasty team
1: operates. Well, one other thing. Uh, I was told, Mejia's outfield defense supposedly has been good. And so I'm just thinking ahead in terms of whether he's your catcher next year or your left fielder, that bat can play. And he just seems like someone who's going to hit really well. And I just I, I would not I'd be comfortable, like I would. I think I would trade him for Brad Hand straight up. Maybe I don't. I see. I go back and forth. I, I, I'm not comfortable with anything because there's not an Andrew Miller out there. I think that's that's the issue to me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get that,
0: and I agree with that. Brad Hand is not Miller. I, I think he might be closer than even you think he is. If you looked at it, your your concerns about Iglesias are fair because you're right, and he's got two years under his belt of being a full-time reliever, and he's been really good. Bless you, by the way, in in advance of anything that you're going to be unloading bodily fluid-wise. Thank you. I'm glad I'm sitting in this room with you where there's no ventilation, by (laughs) the way. Um, I I think those are fair. I I think, um, you know, Jim... Did you trade Mejia for Brad Hand? Well, hold on. We'll circle back there. Jim Bowden brought up in one of his recent articles for us at The Athletic a trade idea. That involved Iglesias and Amir Garrett from Cincinnati. Uh, in trading them, Francisco Mejia and Shane Bieber. And I think initially you go, okay, whoa, hold on. That's way too much to give up for those two relievers. But if you actually think about the way relievers have been valued over the past two years, you're seeing what they're getting at the open market. And those are two, those are two guys that are performing at the top of, of their craft right now. I mean, they, they really are two of the better relievers right now. Um, that you could probably go out and get on the trade market so that ask probably is not as unfair as you would initially think i think i think it's painful anytime a team thinks about giving up prospects because a lot of these guys you've been hearing about forever you build them up in your head maybe even go see them in the minor leagues and they stand out among their peers because they're supposed to They're top prospects um
1: I, I do think that that actually is not that unfair of a trade ask. No, but I, I worry about relievers being more volatile. And I'd, I'd be more confident in Bieber being able to put together consistent seasons and Mejia being able to put together consistent seasons. And
0: and that's... I, I think Bieber is probably my bigger hesitation than Mejia, which is interesting because I think Mejia has the opportunity to be the better player. But knowing how difficult it is to maintain and keep any... Any pitching depth whatsoever. I um, mean, you've got a guy that you know throws a lot of strikes, and I mean, initially looks like a guy that is very poised, um, very much so for a, a rookie coming up here who's supposed to be very wide eyed, um, and has shown an ability to, to work hard and to get more out of his craft than people thought that he could. You know, I, I, I worry about giving up a guy like that that you could potentially control for six more years and maybe even longer than that. For as you said, a couple of volatile relievers. But in the Indians' position, this is this is where I think it gets difficult. Yes, you want to go out and get these star players this is the deadline, and you think that'll put you on par with the Astros or the Yankees. Or, and if you're talking about 162 games, I agree with you. The Indians, in their position, knowing what the division is, knowing that they can just kind of waltz their way through this and never really play up to their full potential and still probably win this division by 8 to 10 games, they can look at what what doesn't make us a better team as far as in the regular season. What makes us the best team in the playoffs? What is important in the playoffs? Guys that pitch in high leverage situations. Right sure. now, beyond the rotation... Okay, Cody Allen, you think he'll get back to being Cody Allen. You hope that Andrew Miller does. And beyond that, are you hoping that Neil Ramirez and Oliver Perez are that? I mean, they've been great in their past yeah, five, I mean, six I, outings.
1: I wouldn't feel comfortable with them
0: in the seventh inning of a playoff. Right. I think that's dangerous to just expect that they're going to be that. And if they are that, fantastic, great. You've, you've found something that no one else expected to be there. It's like finding a $20 bill in your pocket as you're going to your... Does anybody even have money in their pocket anymore? Like it's all card. Uh,
1: Someone asked me on Twitter the other day how much cash I had in my pocket, and I actually answered him. And then (laughs) someone else pointed out, "Zach, I think he's trying to rob you." Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get mugged on the way out to your car later on. They found out you were on a
0: writer's salary, so they backed off. Right. Um, This is all—I mean—really long-winded, complicated way of saying relievers are really important, and I think that's what makes this really difficult because it's—it's what the Indians need more than anything, and—and I just have this belief that knowing what the star power is on on this team, and yeah, they're pretty top-heavy right now, but Lindor and Ramirez and the rotation that they have, I mean, if you have that... Going into the postseason, you should feel really good about your chances. If you could greatly improve upon that, because you look at Machado, how much impact could he have on a playoff series compared to how much impact could a high-leverage reliever that comes in in the seventh inning with the bases loaded and nobody out and gets you out of the jam? I mean, I think those are comparable when you're looking at small, very, very small sample sizes like the postseason can be. Knowing how important relievers could be for this team, I think that they – That's the thing that stands in their way from re-elevating themselves back to the Astros and the Yankees and the Red Sox and and being on that level. If they can go out and get relievers like that, I I I I don't know how you don't think that they have as good a shot as anybody else in the American League.
1: Well, let me pose this to you, since you have conveniently sidestepped, explicitly saying whether you would trade Mejia for Hand or Mejia and and Bieber a little bit longer. Uh, I just want to sip my coffee and let's think about let's it. fast forward to the division series. Let's say it's Indians at Astros first round. I think the Indians would do the same thing they did last year, where you would have Bauer game one, Kluber game two, Carrasco game three, Bauer on short rest game four. Well, hold on, Don't, Kluber I mean, in game five. Carrasco is better on the road, so wouldn't you want him? Earlier in the series, uh, I don't know, but my point is, division series you probably only use three starting pitchers. Yeah, true. So would you move Clevenger to the bullpen, and then wouldn't that solve something? And then you get to a, if you get to the seven game series, you have four starters, but there are off days, so you could use one of those starters in the bullpen for games one and maybe game two. I mean, there there are ways around this where you can minimize a weakness. And I'm not saying the Indians don't need to address their bullpen. They absolutely do. I've written a hundred times they need to. But I don't think you need to necessarily completely overpay and mortgage the farm to acquire a reliever. I, I, I The the trade that Jim Bowden put out there was intriguing. Out like you, I worry about Shane Bieber because what are you going to have in your rotation? I, Danny Salazar, like... I would If you asked me, will he ever make a start for the Indians again? I might say no to that. Because I kind of think he's in the bullpen next year. If he's healthy. Who even knows? Uh, so, like, Bieber could be the fifth starter the rest of the year. He could be in their rotation from now until he retires. I mean, it's it's entirely possible. Like, he is here. It's not like one of these guys who's going to go back and forth and just be right, filler. It's not unnamed, unseen prospect that you've heard yeah, something about. And behind him, there's not much else. I think we have I think we know what Adam Plutko is. And I think Josh Tomlin is... I think his days are over here. So, I I agree with you. Like, Mejia for the two guys, maybe. Or Mejia right. in a lesser part, maybe. Would you, but I like, don't think I would that's do Mejia. A, that's what makes, that makes me circle back to it. Mejia
0: plus Nolan Jones. That's the first guy that comes to mind.
1: He's good, too, though.
0: You've got to give up something. If you're going to get anybody back that's controllable. You're going to. To be able to fix, potentially fix the bullpen beyond 2019 with two guys that you're going to control for a while is pretty appetizing. Okay, circling back to well But I'm
1: tired of sidestepping I just want to say, with, with like Nolan Jones and people like that, I have less of an issue trading the guys at the lower levels because if, if someone who would be here in four years gets traded, that's fine. The Indians have time to replenish those levels of their farm system. But they're going to need help, immediate help, in the next one yes, to two okay. to three years. Yeah. And that's where I would I'd be a little nervous. Okay. Mejia for Brad Hand. Was that your question? Yeah. Straight up. Mejia Straight for Brad up. Hand. And I mean the Padres might want more. We don't we don't know. Preller is crazy. <laughs> Mejia the the only thing that
0: if, if you're talking about Mejia being a catcher, being off, off well, offensively what you think he can be as a catcher, the answer is absolutely not. Because the advantage that he creates as a catcher, as a guy that's that much better than everybody else. I mean, look, Jan Gomes is having a really good season compared to other catchers in baseball right now. Is is overall Jan Gomes having a tremendous season if you compared him to other just all offensive players? Nah, he's a little bit above average. But you're seeing catchers right now, there's not a lot of really good offensive catchers. There's a few of them, and if you get your hands on one, you want to hold on to them. So if you're talking about Mejia and his development and him being a catcher, then it's really difficult to give him up. If you are really thinking about moving him to a corner outfield or first base or third base, wherever he ends up, the advantage that he creates is is less than, than if he's a, a catcher because the, sure. the offense at those positions, um, you know, the average is not that, you know, it's it's not that big of a disparity. Keep right? in mind,
1: he'll be making disparity. the minimum for the next few years, so right. there's there's an advantage there. I mean, he, I, couldn't you see him next year splitting time with Gomes behind the plate, letting him get acclimated, maybe to to two of the pitchers on staff, to the yeah. starting pitchers, yeah. and then also playing left field on days where he's not catching. I mean, there's there certainly a path for him to be pretty valuable as soon as next I, year. I
0: agree. There's a, But there's so much to consider. All right.
1: It's on the table. Brad Hand for Francisco Mejia. Accept or reject? Five, four, three, two, Except. one. Do it now. Do it now. I, I said accept. Wow. You're going to regret that. Probably will. And I think that's pretty much the case with all these trades. I mean,
0: at some point, there's a good chance that Justice Sheffield someday is just shoving it up everybody's butt, and you're going to say, crap, I wish he was in the rotation. I mean, if these trades go... What's crazy, though, is... If you really believe these prospects are what you think they're going to be, you're always going to look back and say, God, I wish he... Even with the Andrew (laughs) Miller trade, I know the... But, like, Clint Frazier has done nothing. No, no. And that's sort of my point.
1: How often do do these prospects truly live up to... Well, that's John Hart, (laughs) because Brian Giles and Richie Sexton and Sean Casey, and those guys all became pretty good. They did. And
0: they also didn't trade some of those guys for Pedro Martinez, who really could have put them over the top four World Series championship. I mean, the point is it's going to be painful, and no matter what trade you make, if these guys, their (laughs) career paths go the way you think they are, aren't you going to regret it regardless I mean, you're going to regret it. You're, at some point, you're going to say, wow, I wish that guy was a, was still on my team. So you go out and you get a guy that you think helps limit that pain right now. And I, Brad Hand, putting Brad Hand in this bullpen, and if you get Miller back pitching like Andrew Miller and you've got three dominant arms to go along with whatever Ramirez and Perez end up becoming, I mean, that's, that's as good of a bullpen as
1: you Am can get. Am I crazy make. for thinking that I would feel much more comfortable with that if I knew I could re-sign Michael Brantley for two years? Okay, that's fair. I mean, none of this is in a vacuum. You have an idea of that. But I also I also worry, like, behind Gomes, I mean, Roberto Perez is, for a backup catcher, okay, whatever. Eric Haas. Yeah. But he's not, like, a long-term starter. Eric Haas, man. And there's just not much else. Logan Ice, is he a catcher? Logan Ice. Good framer. Okay. Not I mean, a... your your point, I mean the the reds thing is tantalizing cuz that's two young pitchers who both have starter's experience who are under control for a yes, while. Yes. But that's a lot to give up. And again, like who's to say that Iglesias doesn't just have like a 4.70 ERA next year and Garrett? Like Garrett has <laughs> this is his first time he's ever done it like this. Yeah. So it that's uh this sucks. <laughs> it's is it easier than- uh, to pull off an
0: HBD trade and not feel just thinking that awful about it? I don't know. Remember back when you had prospects? It was a long time ago.
1: Well, How do you feel about giving I up? I mean, I'm in my seventh ALCS in the last ten seasons, so I think what I'm doing is working. Yeah. I think back to
0: that Vincenzo Sheldon trade that I made, though, with Toronto. I might get to face him in the World Series. Yeah, That one, that felt good at the time, didn't help me win a championship, and now he's one of the best pitchers in our world. So. Yeah.
1: It's it's you know it's I think something fascinating that would absolutely never be allowed would be to just sit in the war room yeah like the day of or day before the deadline and kind of monitor everything that happens I mean and it doesn't
0: doesn't quite happen like it does in the movie Moneyball. Where like he gets into the office, hey, get me somebody on the phone. Uh get me somebody else on the phone. I mean these guys they're having conversations leading up to this for weeks. And right. I'm sure they're they're already having those conversations. Uh, it might be very initial conversations. It might be just informing teams, you know, who they might be interested in and at least putting it at the thought in the back of their head that, hey, we like this guy, and when you get to a point that
1: you're ready to move him, we are very interested. Two two quick things though, but one no one ever signed Trevor Trevor Rosenthal, did they? The Cardinals reliever, who was out for the year with Tommy John, I believe. I thought someone was gonna take a flyer on him, sign him to a two year contract that's backloaded, and just let him sit out the year in rehab and then come back next year. I thought the Indians might have been interested in that, knowing Miller and Certainly Allen a free are agent. Yeah, right. knowing Miller and Allen are, are likely out the door. Uh kinda like the twins signed Michael Pineda. He's yeah. out for probably the whole season and then he'll be back next year. But I thought that would have been an interesting move just to at least give them something they can maybe hope for next year. The other thing is like here's one strategy and, and again, every time we've talked to Antonetti turn off anyone, their their first target is someone signed for multiple years. Mm-hmm. In any trade, not just bullpen. Um, and then, like, last year, that just wasn't available to them, which is why they went and got Jay Bruce and Joe Smith, who were impending free agents. But, like, if you would have... And this I'm not saying this was easy to do, especially because they're in the same division, but if they could have just flipped a couple middle prospects for Kelvin Herrera, like yeah. the Nationals did, he is one of the best relievers in baseball. That fortifies he's done, he's
0: done it for you. Yeah. time. That fortifies playoffs, you. Playoffs in World Series.
1: That fortifies you for now. And you can still add another maybe rental reliever for a nothing prospect. Yeah. And then you feel great about this year and you can address next year over the off season. You can make a trade. You can maybe make a free agent signing or two. Uh, I think that would have been a way to go to, about it. I, I don't think you want to just add like two veteran meh relievers. Like I think you either need to go for the top rental, yeah. or you need to go for someone signed multiple years. I
0: do not understand the "do not trade within the division" thing. They people make I don't it so, people make it sound like it's the team that's giving up the proven player that shouldn't that should ask for more and doesn't feel like doing it. It, I guess, it's one thing if you, if it's a controllable player that's going to be around for a while and you don't want to face sure. them in the division for a while. Okay. I understand that to an extent, but if you like the prospects, if they're the best prospects that you can get, why in the hell wouldn't you want to take them from a team within your division? I mean, if you truly think you're doing your homework and you know what you're doing, you're targeting the right guys, why would you not want to take them from a division rival and make them play them for the next six to ten years? Why wouldn't you want to do that? I've never understood it.
1: I've never. It exists, though. I, I can understand no, but like, I've never from understood. the Indians'
0: perspective. I could say I can understand where they would say we don't want to give up these guys to you in the division because we're going to have to face them, and I understand that from their perspective. But people talk about it from the other team's perspective. Like the Royals wouldn't want to deal Herrera to the Indians because they're in the division. What the hell do they care? They're going to see him for two months when they're bullshit team and they're not accomplishing anything. They should like that because they probably want to better their drafts. Standing, You would right? think. I, I, don't, I do not understand that. I, I don't get that. I think, it's, I think that's more overblown by us in the media than it is probably within the teams. But if the teams are, are, are really holding themselves back and passing on better prospects because they don't want to trade somebody within the division, I think they're being foolish.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't know. So we
0: haven't answered anything, and I think this proves the point that this is really freaking hard. Like this is this is probably some of the most difficult stuff that any free, uh, front office can do leading up to the deadline. Deciding whether or not your team is worth it. These these guys that you've cultivated and brought in and put all this time and effort into. Do you really want to give them up? I mean, I, I don't. I really don't envy being in their position trying to make those decisions and figuring out. Would you want to give up uh, Francisco Mejia, who all you've talked about for the past few years is going to be an impact
1: guy for you for many years? Jose Ramirez said he's the best hitter on the roster. This is true. It's tough. I mean, it's... it's. First of all, I do envy them, because imagine that being your job. <laughs> this is our job. Our job is to talk about <laughs> the job that they do. But, yeah, I don't how know. How would you I handle
0: mean, the criticism?
1: Probably not well. Like, imagine you,
0: you <laughs> pulling off the trades that you pull off in Hardball Dynasty, and then just your fans coming after you. Well, I mean, I would have burner
1: accounts like crazy. <laughs> I don't That's know how issue. more people don't. Uh, but no, I, I see, I don't want to end this podcast because I feel like we need to come to a resolution. Okay, I... I,
0: Obviously, this is a case-by-case basis, but I lean more toward giving up the prospects for controllable guys. Are you the other end of the spectrum?
1: <sighs> I don't know. I, like, take Yu Chang and... <laughs> You're really doing a terrific sell job. Take Greg Allen. Take anybody but, like, anyone but Mejia McKenzie, I think. And Shane Bieber? Well, I would trade Bieber like I trade Bieber for hand. I trade Bieber Chang and whoever for hand, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Bieber and Mejia for two relievers. There's not enough rotation depth, and I'm not sure there's enough. hitting I feel depth. like we could have the
0: same conversation next week, and we could both flip and change our minds.
1: Yeah, there also between now and then will probably be more players available. We focus so much on. The few teams that we know are out of it, like yeah. San Diego and Baltimore and Cincinnati, yeah. and Kansas City, and and some more teams will probably drop out of it before then, and and new players will be available that we hadn't even thought of. All right, so I'm hearing doors slamming, and I think people are trying to come in. this What room about Jacob right now? Degrom? Jacob Degrom. Sure. Bieber and Mejia from
0: Degrom. Yeah, they'll do that. I think not. <laughs> All right, give me the random Indian of the day, and give me the backstory behind it.
1: <laughs> this is a submission from a uh, loyal. Athletic reader from our awesome event the other night at Great Lakes Brewery. You know I had my uh, rehearsal dinner in that uh, that. that party
0: room? Actually, you said that.
1: I did not know that before. Uh, Great spot. Love Great Lakes. Uh, So this was someone stopped me and suggested this player who played for the Indians from... Nineteen ninety eight to two thousand two. Ninety eight to two thousand two. Okay. This is a position player. Okay. Uh he was involved in the historic comeback against the Mariners on august fifth, two thousand one, when the Indians won fifteen to fourteen after trailing fourteen to two. Is it Holbert Cabrera? Jesus Christ, you're good. <laughs> I mean you said he was part of the comeback. Was, so was Kenny Lofton and Eddie Tobincy mean, and John Rock ninety eight to two
0: thousand two. It was so easy. Paul well, Cabrera is also one of my favorite all-time random Indians.
1: As I told the guy broken bat base hit
0: the left field ends up winning it.
1: Yeah. As I told the guy at the bar, I I told him, Well, I'll give him I'll give TJ the years he played, then I'll give him that he was involved in that game. And if he doesn't get it by that, he'll definitely get it by the third clue, which was going to be that he was carjacked and shot in the ass. Do you remember that? Uh,
0: I had forgotten about that.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, he made a healthy recovery. Wow. Well,
0: if there's one way to end it, I certainly (laughs) want
1: to end it on that.
0: (sighs) If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast and not get shot in the ass... You can do so at many different places. Zach always highlights them every single week, but I do want to say, in addition to Apple Podcasts and Anchor and the 700 other places that are just so random,
1: CastBox and Podbean and where else? Stitcher. We're now on Stitcher. I actually downloaded the Stitcher app because there was a podcast I wanted to listen to about... Remember when I was... <laughs> I spent an entire like four innings last week... Reading about the disappearance of that guy oh at gosh. the Ohio State Bar. Uh, yeah, there's a four four part, two part, multi part podcast about it, but it's only on Stitcher. Wow. Yeah, it's not on Podbean. It's not on Audio Shelf. It's not on <laughs> Sound Pop. But we sure are, and we're also on I was told Google
0: Podcasts, which the Google Play Store is changing to Google Podcasts, sort of like how iTunes became Apple Podcasts. Anyways, we are on there. So if you search "Selby is Godcast," basically on any place that you get your podcasts now, you can find it very easily. So I just wanted to pass that along because there are people that use Android that don't have Apple Podcasts and have complained for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks.
1: We are now on Stitcher. We are now on Google Podcasts. So you there is no excuse. Why for can't missing. everyone just agree to join one thing? Why do we have to have fifty-seven different platforms? well,
0: maybe the Bleacher Report will one day take over successfully. In Would every, you trade Mejia
1: to be on <laughs> Google Podcasts? Any parting words for our subscribers and listeners this week? I do want to say thank you very much to everyone who came out to the event Wednesday night. Uh, it was awesome. It ran super long and late because you guys had so many great questions and it was enjoyable meeting everybody in person. I think Jason Lloyd is still answering Cavs questions. He had a wardrobe change during his, his <laughs> Q&A
0: session. It was so long. Well, I mean, when you're under the spotlight, you kind of sweat through the first one. It makes sense.
1: And it's cool because everyone who was there got to know the answer of whether LeBron James is staying. But yeah, we, you have to be an athletic subscriber and had to have attended the event to know. We gave the, the definitive know.
0: answer. And... Uh, for the, what was it, like 150, 200 people in attendance, something yeah. like that, uh, they know the answer. So if you can track down those particular people, like t- uh, Tim and Akron, then you know the answer to whether or not LeBron is staying. And we'll leave it at that until next time. Hope everybody has a pleasant weekend, and we'll catch you on the flip side.